Stand by. Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. And now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Today, within the Librocube, is TV Tuesday. Ah, television! As Mr. Doug Hafferton would say. Something I like to say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers. You have been warned? This is your one and most likely only warning. So, warning! Danger! Of spoilers! Will Robinson... If your name is Will Robinson, uh, that probably freaked you out a little bit. The other thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is that perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend, perhaps you subscribe to it on iTunes, you rate it, you comment on it, you help it grow like a little baby uh, gosling. Yeah, those are cute, right? Yeah. Okay, moving on. Literally and podcastily uh, to today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is Hardwick Brand Adamantium Reinforced Candles. Once again, today's sponsor is Hardwick Brand Adamantium Reinforced Candles. Okay, got a lot to cover today, I think. Yeah, definitely going to be a two-parter. Or, at the very least, a one-and-a-half-parter. Parter? Parter? I don't even know her. What? Huh. No. Item the first is, you guessed it, Doctor Who. We're on a good Doctor Who streak here. I cannot resist bringing it back because I friggin' love this show so much. I think it's working out... Uh, good in the sense that I bring it back uh, week and change after it has aired on TV. So uh, hopefully it has. Uh, hopefully you've seen the episode I'm going to talk about, which is of course the episode titled "Cold War." Brr, this war is really cold. <laughs> hmm. Really, really digging this uh, series. I don't call them seasons over there. This series so far, uh, friggin' uh, in love with Miss Jenna Louise Coleman, a.k.a. Clara. Uh, really taking a shine to her, and very, very curious what her story is. Hmm. I have a feeling it will be mind-blowing. If I know anything of Doctor Who, uh, surprises that pop up at the end of seasons will blow your mind. It will explode it. Possibly implode it first, and then blow it up. Cold War takes place in 1983 in the North Pole. Huh. Now, it's not Cold War because it's at the North Pole and it's friggin' cold at the North Pole. No, it's Cold War because it's talking about the war, Cold War, between uh, the United States and the Ruskies. Uh, the USSR, I guess they were back then. What is that? Uh, let's see if I can pull that off. Union of Soviet Socialist Republic? Is that... I think that's it. Pretty, uh, pretty goddamn, uh, good if I remember that. Because I don't think I was born in 81, 
was it still the USSR back then? Yeah, I guess it would be. If this is 1983. Hey, there you go. Little Doctor Who Cold War related math there for you. Uh, it takes place on a Russian sub. <laughs> Something funny about this is that it's on a Russian sub, but all the actors not only speak English, but speak English with English accents. Uh, <laughs> kind of funny. But then you have to sort of take into consideration that the TARDIS is there. And uh, something they do to get around facts such as this, or how uh, the Doctor and his companions can speak uh, sort of any alien language, is that the TARDIS sort of emits a field that translates... Uh, that translates. <laughs> Period. Full stop. I don't know where, what else I was going to say there. So uh, if I have been in the TARDIS and then step out and then start talking to an alien... The alien is going to hear me talking in their own language, and vice versa. Cool little uh, plot device that helps you get around. It's sort of like the uh, universal translator that uh, apparently, uh, this is in the Star Trek universe, apparently is sort of inside everyone's ears. Uh, that's why in Star Trek Enterprise... Uh, before they were invented, they had some trouble communicating with new aliens, so cool beans all around. Folks, I have to stop and get some gas. Because this sub, uh-huh, is not going to run on fumes, no, no, no. It needs a little of the old petrol, as they say over there in Jolly Old. So I'm going to stop at the petrol station. Mm back in a moment. Editing. 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 On the road again. <laughs> road again. <laughs> Alright. Back into the Cold War. Uh, 1983. North Pole. Inside a Russian submarine. A Russian submarine uh, where a scientist uh, I was a Russian scientist. Never, never good. Never good. Uh, took a big chunk of ice from, I guess, underneath the ice flows up there. Uh, thought it was perhaps a caveman. However, that would have been pretty boring. Oh, look, it's a caveman. He's frozen and dead. Let's go back to Russia. No, no, no. It was a frozen alien. And a frozen alien that was a warrior. A-K-A. An ice warrior. An ice warrior from the planet Mars. So I guess you would say a Martian. Hmm. Uh, the planet Mars, thousands of years ago, apparently was inhabited by these folk, a sort of warrior race, very proud. Uh, the Russian scientist, I should say, was from uh, Star Trek, actually, just since we mentioned it. Hey, let's mention it again. He was from Star Trek... Uh, which one was it? Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Yeah, yeah. He was the the human ambassador on the planet that Spock's brother sort of took over. Kind of, sort of, if, if you know what I'm talking about. Which I hope you do. So it was that guy. Uh, I like a little crossover like that. Of course, as seems to happen with subs, goddamn subs, it uh, sinks. Meh. Uh, lands on sort of a shelf underwater, uh, like hundreds or was it thousands of feet underwater, and cannot move. So combine that 
with a uh, now pissed off, because you can imagine just waking up from thousands of years and finding your entire planet has been destroyed, uh, you're not going to be too happy. This uh, episode, I thought of a good way to to think about it. Uh, it is as if uh, Alien and the movie Alien, I should say, the movie Alien the movie Predator, and the movie uh, The Abyss all had a baby together. It would be this episode of Doctor Who, because uh, the, the, the alien <laughs> from this, the, the Ice Warrior, sort of has a bit of a... Uh, doesn't really look, I guess, like a Predator, but he does kind of that clicking sound that the Predator does. Uh, and then there's the, the from the movie Alien, where he kind of picks off members of the crew one by one real sneakily that is once he gets out of his suit Aha, uh, that's what I should mention he was frozen inside like a suit of armor and once he gets out he kind of looks uh, a little alien-esque you don't quite ever really see him full flight on but the glimpses you catch very very reminiscent of the aliens from the movie Alien <laughs> and then the best because, well, they're underwater. Uh-huh. The, uh, this is the spoiler, I guess, that the episodes end in sort of a Mexican standoff, which I love a good Mexican standoff, in which this alien uh, is pissed off to the point where he wants to destroy the entire human race. He sort of learns through, uh, I guess it's like, telepathy, eating people, <laughs> whatever, uh, that the world is sort of on the brink of mutual destruction. If the Russians were to launch their nukes, then the Americans would launch theirs, and it would call, cause an all-out massacre. He knows this fact and starts the sequence to launch the nukes from the sub and call, the dis- call about the destruction of humankind. The Doctor on the other side of the standoff says, oh yeah, well, I can't let that happen, I'm going to blow this sub up before you can do it. Uh, bing, 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 ba, 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 the Earth was saved. <laughs> Is that really a spoiler? That the Earth was not destroyed in a fiery explosion? I guess not really. Okay, let's move on to... The Nerdist. Aha! Following a bit of a theme these last two or three podcasts in which I've brought back uh, Doctor Who and the Nerdist. So, we're going to continue on with that theme. This is episode three of season two. So, of course, we have Mr. Chris Hardwick host. We have Jonah Ray and Matt Myra co-hosts, along with special guests. Special guest, John Hamm. John Hamm, uh, I love him and hate him. Love him because he is a super funny, talented dude. Hate him because he is a super funny, talented, apparently good-looking dude. <laughs> Damn him. I guess jealous is more the word. Uh, comes from, and, and I guess this is probably not a wide-known fact, because if you see him on Mad Men, you probably would not think this, but it comes from sort of a comedy background. So uh, I've heard him quite a few times on podcasts, and he's, he is very, very funny and quick. God damn him. Uh, so uh, it was nice to see him on this. Also was Betsy from Breaking Bad. Uh, it's funny that I always kind of put Breaking Bad and Mad Men in the sort of same sort of category. I guess they both sort of came up at the same time. Maybe that's why. But even John Hamm and 
uh, Betsy, I didn't write down her last name, oops, admitted that there is a bit of a connection between the two and that. These are both shows that I have not ever watched. <laughs> Shocking, I know. They are, however, both shows that I have uh, on DVD up to the most recent season, and my sort of plan with these shows is to watch them in... Uh, not one sitting, as in sitting down and watching them all at once. However, uh, sort of rapid fire, because I think with shows like these, uh, that experience is going to be pretty, pretty awesome. Definitely when that happens, uh, I can almost guarantee that some of it's going to be trickling into the Liberal Cube. You know it. You know it. What happened on this episode? Well, Jonah and Matt went to London. Uh, I guess when they were filming over there with Matt Smith and Jenna Louise Coleman of Doctor Who fame, they did a couple little other things, such as a montage. <laughs> Got to do a montage. Who doesn't love a good London montage? Who doesn't love saying the word montage? It's a fun word to say, montage. <laughs> One thing I wrote down, and I, now now that I wrote it down, I don't remember how this came came about, but uh, they had named themselves uh, Westminster Grabby and Union Mac <laughs> for, I guess, because they were going to pick up chicks. I, I don't know. I don't remember how they came about, but it is funny. So I wrote it down. They also met up with Rory. Oh, shoot. Is that his... I think that was just his name on Doctor Who, or was that his name in real life, too? That is the goddamn name curse rearing its ugly head. I've been good at writing down names, I think, lately. Uh, however, all I wrote down was Rory. Anyways, Rory, former Doctor Who companion who, spoiler alert, died. Hmm, sadness. That was sad. Uh, they met up with him and started a rock band. Yeah. Uh, had a bit of a, again, sort of montage but not really, I guess. Uh, Rapid-fire sequence of events of the rise and fall of their rock band. Had a little bit of a Spinal Tap vibe to it. Very, very funny. Lastly, what did I write down? Oh, uh, I don't know if this is going to be on every episode. Uh, I kind of don't think it will, because it, it seems to be sort of hit and miss. They play Mad Libs. If you've ever played Mad Libs, well, you will know what Mad Libs is. If not, uh, they'll pick a theme. Uh, in, in this case, it was the combination of Breaking Bad and Mad Men, as if uh, these two worlds collided. So you'll sort of fill in adjectives, nouns, what-have-yous, uh, and won't know how the story will progress, depending on what you pick then the story will be revealed with the words you placed in it. Uh, pretty simple, been around for decades and decades, these things, Mad Libs. And sometimes it's funny, and sometimes it's it's not as funny. <laughs> this time it was kind of hit and miss, so I don't know if they'll do it every time. I think the Walking Dead Mad Libs was funnier than this one. Whatever. Lastly, they, meaning the show... Uh, gave a little time over to a uh, comedian by the name of Rory Scoville. Oh, two Rory's in one episode. Interesting. Uh, I like how they'll give a little time to a stand-up comedian because you don't get that on TV very often where stand-up comedians get to show their art. I guess on like late-night talk shows sometimes they do. I think, and 
I haven't exactly timed it or anything, but I think Chris gives these stand-up comedians more time than when you would get on a uh, late-night talk show. Like, I think here they get 10, 10 15 even minutes, whereas a late-night talk show, you're, you're in the sort of five-minute mark. So uh, that's, that's good. Get to see a little more of their act. This guy was uh, funny. I, I recognize the name, but I don't know if I've ever seen him perform before. Uh, started out in a German accent, which I thought was real at first. <laughs> so he fooled me anyways, but uh, turns out it was not real. He ended his act with a uh, abortion joke, which uh, was pretty awkward <laughs> and got some... Uh, it didn't get laughs so much as groans like, oh god, can't believe he said that type groans, which uh, are they as good as laughs? Groans? I'd say no, but still, <laughs> it's ballsy of him to end his uh, end his time with an abortion joke. So, little props for that, I guess. All right, I have that was two items on the way to work. I have two items to go. So why don't I goddamn save those for the drive home? Makes perfect sense. Logical, logical, even. Uh, so that is just what I'm going to do, folks. I will be back. After eight hours of work, for you, it will seem slightly less than eight hours. Love you, dearies. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. Back. We are back. Back in action. Hello again. Another work day down the drain. Eh, sure, why not? It's raining out. That makes as much sense, I guess, as anything I might say. So, yes, we'll stick with down the drain. Why not? I can't think of a reason why not. Why do I sometimes ask questions and then immediately answer them? Again, down the drain. No, that doesn't make sense. Okay, I really just got to stop this, what I'm doing here, and jump right back into TV Tuesday. It is the only thing that will make sense in this topsy-turvy, down-the-drain world. Oh, I did it again. What the fuck? Okay. TV show The Third. Uh, I believe this is one I've brought back before. It is called My Crazy Obsession. This falls firmly in the category of shows that the missus watches while I lie next to her and don't say, turn this crap off. <laughs> uh, as I would with many of the craps she watches. Primarily the worst, the worst of the worst that she watches for me is, and sadly it's her favorite, are any of the real housewives. I can't friggin' stand those. Uh, I can feel them melting my brain for any exposure I have to them, so I always say, stop melting your brain, don't watch this. She does not listen. She does not listen. She also does not listen to this podcast, so I can say whatever the hell I want to. <laughs> Take that, the missus, and your stupid shows. Ha <laughs> ha! Nothing she can do about it. Please do not tell her, because I'm terrified of her. <sighs> Obsession the first was pigs. Uh, I've noticed a trend in a lot of these, uh, a lot of these segments on the show that it seems to be it is 
quite often a man and a woman, a married couple, and it is the woman's obsession that the man sort of uh, resignedly just shrugs his shoulders and doesn't say anything about it. In this case, it is the woman who is uh, obsessed with pigs. Her entire house is filled with, I guess, really what can only be described as pig paraphernalia. Pig paraphernalia. That might be a good title for this episode. Uh, Jordan, possible title. Mental note to you there. Uh, eventually it ended with her getting, well, you guessed it, a pig. An actual pig. Why not just start there and then have that? I don't know. I hear, though, pigs are not bad uh, as far as pets. I know pigs are supposed to be very, very smart, so I guess you could potty train them. Or, I guess it's not potty train them. House break them? Whatever you call that process? Huh. Okay, next was... Oh, this girl's pretty crazy. Uh, again, married and husband. She's like, well, she's going to do what she's going to do. I can't stop her. <laughs> uh, this girl was obsessed with Barbie. Yes. <laughs> Had a shit ton of Barbies all over. Liked to... This is where it kind of... Having having a collection of Barbies, sure, they can be worth some money, makes makes some sense. If you're going to collect things, why not Barbie, right? Where she kind of took it to the next level was would dress the same as some of her Barbies and take her Barbies out with her into the public, even to the point where she had a daughter, poor, poor daughter, a daughter who, well, let, let me just paint this picture for you. Uh, you have a Barbie. You then dress like the Barbie. You then dress your baby like the Barbie. That is sort of that that crazy level that uh, there is kind of something wrong with you. Come on. But uh, I also always kind of have the feeling that whatever floats your boat, do what you want. But still, people, that's that's kind of weird. Uh, next was bunnies. Uh huh. Again, this one was a couple where. Uh, no, actually, I think in this one, the couple were both pretty crazy. Sort of the, the ringleader in craziness always does seem to be the the wife of the couple. However, this guy seemed a little odd, too. This one, uh, am I getting this right? Basically, uh, like the pig one, just replace it with bunnies with the added bonus of... Yeah, I think this is the one I'm thinking of. The added bonus that within their freezer... Oh, God. Within their freezer were some of their frozen bunnies that had passed away. Yes. They took their deceased pet bunnies and froze them in the freezer. Why would you do this? Well, it's totally logical. Why, of course? Because then they would send them off to the... I guess it was... It's not taxidermist. It's uh, freeze dryers... Is that the scenario, I think? Yeah, so they'd send them to these people that, uh, I guess, freeze-dry them so that they don't rot. Uh, some sort of process involved there. I don't know. Insane process. Insane people. Next is... Oh, yeah, this one was the whole family. Uh, and this one, it was sort of, I assume, mostly the husband who's behind it. Just because he was the largest... This was a strong family. Super, super strong. Like to work out the... Oh, I didn't write down his name. I kind of meant to, too. 
So this guy is just like one giant muscle. His wife, I've seen female bodybuilders. Uh, first off, let me just say, ew. Ugh. Uh, and then say this girl was not as big as some of the female bodybuilders you see. Then, of course, they roped in the children. Uh, it was a kid who was, was he like nine years old and then uh, a boy, and then a little girl who was, I don't know, six or something, somewhere in that age anyway. And uh, she was kind of freaky, the little kid, just because the two kids didn't look super crazy buffed up. But this little kid who was like... Uh, 50 pounds could lift 100 pounds, so that would be weird to see a teeny little 50-pound, six-year-old girl lugging around something that weighed 100 pounds. Pretty, uh, pretty strange. And uh, you could even go as far to say uh, crazy and a bit of an obsession. Ah, hence the title. Okay, let's move on to the final item. Final item is Mr. Jimmy Kimmel and his television program, Jimmy Kimmel Live. Uh, does he do it live? Huh, I never asked that question. I assume he does as live as in the title. Uh, so first off, let's see. These are sort of in no particular order other than the order in which I watched the clips on his YouTube channel. Pointed this out. I think most of the times I've brought Jimmy Kimmel Live or Conan O'Brien back to the Liberal Cube is that I uh, am not up late enough to actually watch these talk shows. However, through the miracle of the interwebs, uh, I do watch sort of clips they post on their respective YouTube channels. So thank you for doing that. It uh, means someone who would not normally watch your shows can do so. Love, Lee. Uh, first, he sat down with Mark Wahlberg, who has a new movie out called Pain and Gain. Uh, I think I've seen maybe just one preview, but it looks good. looks funny. Uh, based on a true story, apparently. Him and uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. My God, uh, what the hell happened to him? He somehow, some way, sort of ballooned. Uh, ballooned is not the right word. Gigantismed. Uh, and is just sort of a enormous, freakishly-looking, muscled person now. Uh, I guess he did it for this movie or for G.I. Joe. Whatever he did it for, he's, uh... B before he was big, now he's... You know what? He looks like the guy from uh, my crazy obsession, the father of the strong family. Uh, so he's, like, in that class now. Uh, anyways, stop doing it, because you look weird and frightening. Uh, the story of the movie is some sort of crime story or something. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely see it because uh, I have a desire to do so. Haha! <laughs> and I do what I want. Uh, we'll bring that back on a movie Monday, I, I don't doubt. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, very, very funny as usual. Him and uh, Jimmy Kimmel or when he's on Conan, whatever. He's, uh, you, could, you could tell that he, he's got some funny bones in his body, so uh, I like Then he had on Mr. Bob Saget. Bob Saget, uh, it's funny if you don't know, which I guess not everybody does. Uh, a lot of people probably know him just from Funhouse. Fun uh, the funny thing about people who know him just from Funhouse, <laughs> from Full House, is that when you find out he is a stand-up comedian 
And when you find out he is one of the dirtiest stand-up comedians you will ever hear, uh, <laughs> that sort of uh, juxtaposition between the two is amusing to me. He's got a new special out. Uh, I'll probably check that out, too. Maybe bring it back. Jordan? Hello again, it's me. Make a mental note to look for Bob Saget's stand-up special and watch it. Okay? Okay. Mental note complete. He uh, told a funny little story anecdote about uh, how one time he and Russell Crowe for some sort of inexplicable reason ended up singing together, singing the Canadian National Anthem. Huh. So, I like that. What what kind of threw me about that is how do they know the Canadian National Anthem, Bob Saget being American and Russell Crowe being... Was, uh, he's not American. He's not Canadian. Uh, was he South African? He might be South African. Anyways, how do they know it? Hmm, curious. I remember, uh, just on that note... As a kid, in uh, grade school, having to sing every day the uh, Canadian National Anthem. So that, uh, I guess, tells you about how old I am, because that they eventually got rid of for some reason. Not quite sure why. Uh, okay, last, but certainly not least, I guess, possibly. Uh, probably not least. Uh, Harrison Ford. Yeah. <laughs> Something they did funny uh, with Harrison Ford. And uh, I hope he agreed to it beforehand, because it would be pretty embarrassing if they didn't. Uh, he apparently had a baseball game throughout the first pitch, which uh, I know, and I've heard this, uh, heard this a lot of times, it looks easy, but that is actually quite a distance. And uh, a lot of the times when people such as Harrison Ford or whatever go to uh, sort of throw the first pitch, uh, at a baseball game, they quite often do not make it to home plate. Uh, he did not either. A uh, bit of a bouncer. So, as you can imagine, it's a little embarrassing, despite the fact that I've heard it's not that easy to do. So, <laughs> Jimmy played that clip, and then right after, played a clip of him um, hitting a home run in a baseball game. <laughs> so, kind of back-to-back to really rub it in. Uh, I thought that was funny that he uh, made fun of him a little bit. With the news of a new Star Wars trilogy coming out. In 2015, obviously, uh, Jimmy Kimmel had to throw a couple of questions at Harrison Ford. They were not answered, refused to answer. Uh, comedically, I should perhaps specify. Uh, Chewbacca showed up. Yeah. Star Wars laughs, I guess. Uh, I'm not looking forward to... Uh, you know what? I'm going to end this podcast on that sort of note. The uh, Just to talk a little bit about this Star Wars trilogy that I am kind of not looking forward to its existence because uh, I sort of enjoyed how uh, even Star Wars fans did not quite often... Uh, like the most recent Star Wars movies, the prequels, uh, I liked that fact. It was sort of a, uh, in, in, in my argument of Star Trek versus Star Wars, it was a, it was a note on my side that even uh, Star Wars fans do not like Star Wars movies. So uh, I like that. So 
Uh, I think the possibility exists that they have learned from their mistakes, question mark, possibly, and uh, these new movies coming out will be good. Ooh, heaven forbid. I'm hoping they're not. Uh, I'm hoping they're very, very bad, and I'm hoping Star Wars fans all over decide uh, from that point on that they will never be tricked again into watching a Star Wars movie. That is my hope. Whether it happens or not, we got quite a few years to wait. I will definitely watch them. I did see... Uh, I've seen the the prequels. I've seen those movies uh, once once a piece. The, uh, the original movies I've seen probably three or four times each, if I had to guess, just over the course of years. Uh, what's the one with Jabba the Hutt? That one definitely seen the most, I think. Yeah. And, uh... I have said, and will say right now, that I don't think they're bad movies. I think they are good movies. I think uh, the one with Jabba the Hutt, I'd give uh, four out of five. The other ones, I'd give three out of five. What I do say is, despite being good movies, that they are the most overrated movies of all time. With that note, with that pissing people off, <laughs> I will end this podcast. Huh. How about that? Little, uh, little pissing off, and then gonna leave, so you can't do anything about it. Yes, I will say, however, just so you don't murder me, that, uh, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think? You've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine. Live long and prosper.